We know now that in the early years of the 20th century, this world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than man's. Men from Moto. Digital strategies with Travis Sowers and David Seville. Intellect, vast, cool, and unsympathetic. Broadcast to the world with the uncanny help of Mana Deprived and FaceToFaceGames.com. Greetings, people of Earth. We are the Men from Moto, and you're listening to episode 44, Hour of Value. My name is David Seville, and I have Travis Sowers on the line with me this week. How are you, sir? I am value-tastic. How are you, David? I am pretty good. I uh, I got into Iconic Masters, despite my better judgment, and uh, it turned out to be a lot of fun for my first draft, so I'm looking forward to picking it back up again soon. What is your win rate in Iconic Masters currently? I am a hundred percent, so uh, I'm one for one on trophies, and uh, I'm considering retiring undefeated. <laughs> yeah, I saw that tweet earlier, and I was like, "Dave, <laughs> he did it! He did the thing!" I'm, I'm glad you dipped your feet in and, and decided to try out the format. What, what What are your thoughts on it? I realize one draft in, you know, I, I'm not expecting a lot of depth here, but was it fun? I had a lot of fun, and the the deck I drafted was fun. The opponent's decks that I played against were fun and interesting. Um, everybody seemed to be doing their own thing in their own successful way. Um, it feels to me like it's an M set, like a core set, uh, which I really enjoyed drafting, um, kind of, you know, relearning magic um, back in the RTR days. I think I started, what was that, M13 was the first pre-release that I did, uh, or whatever the one before RTR was. And, um, and this kind of reminded me of, of that feeling of that style of set and, and that really speaks to me so um, I take back all the bad things I said about it last week I, I do think it's got some of that I think it's also got a pushed power level like the you compare the cards here to what we're seeing in like Ixalan and they're they're obviously very strong they do also get better with synergies like we noted the synergies in the set as we did the set review and those are certainly there but you don't need them to make it good it's not like um, you know a anointed deacon is only good if you have other vampires whereas you take inoc bondkin you don't need anything else in your deck with counters for that to matter but it gets better if you have them it also feels to me like there's not a lot of duds in this set yeah you know like like you like you open a pack of 15 cards and uh or 14 cards or whatever and like nine of them you can defend a first pick for it feels like you know and 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 it kind of makes it challenging to squeeze those extra percentage points out of a draft so um you know somebody who doesn't draft it a lot can still build a decent deck they're still going to give up percentage points to the people that are better at it but you can feel like you can compete um even when you're making incorrect decisions in your draft like technically incorrect decisions mm-hmm. whereas in ixalan i think if you make some technically incorrect decisions um you're a little more handicapped than you would be in this format that's true it it, it also i suppose goes to a different style of drafting because like I, I think I've done somewhere on a number of like 20 or so of these. Um, I was doing a lot to prepare for the streamer showdown Two one to the streamer showdown, by the way, with red, black dragons was a, a fun deck, fun draft and a fun experience. I'm very grateful that wizards it, it invited me to participate in that. But as I was going through these, I noticed that if I wanted to, I could absolutely force a deck and I could make mm-hmm. it happen. I wasn't guaranteed a good version of it, but I could do that. And as I was starting, I wanted to just kind of, 
try out some of the different archetypes. So I, I kind of forced a few of them and still managed to get a, a playable deck and have a good time with them. So I think it's got a lot going for it. I would still argue that uh, for our listeners, the phantom drafts are your best value. I assume you did phantom. Yeah. Yeah. And like through all of it, I, I think I've done 20 drafts, all of them phantom. And I've ended up, I think 50 play points higher than I started. So it, it's basically spun my wheels as far as value went, but I've had a blast enjoying the format. I've already, I, I won a game while I was at negative five life. It involved an abyssal persecutor for on my opponent's side and a lot of counter spells on my side when they realized I was going to mill them out. Um, and I just wouldn't <laughs> let them kill their dude. And it was great. That magic as Richard Garfield intended right there, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I've, um, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I've, I've done beatdown decks. I've done control decks. I've had crazy wall value decks. I'm, I had one copy of Cryptic Command in a deck and cast it six times. I cast the Cryptic. Then I cast Surreal Memoir to get it again and cast it two more times. So that's three. And then I had a mnemonic wall to get back the Surreal Memoir uh, to cast it two more. So I cast it five times in one game. I think I could have gone more because there's another wall in that deck, but my opponent didn't want to play anymore. Yeah, when you've got your spell countered and your your permanence tapped, or you know your opponent draws a card at the same time five times in a game, I think I'm done that match. Yeah, Not even awesome. the game, just the match. Oh, I'm done. I didn't mention I had a Skywise Teachings in play, so I also had five two two gens. Oh, because just draw out drawing your opponent doesn't just win you the game on its own. You actually have to be able to finish right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I feel like we should have had like an achievement, like a Lords of Limited callback to them achievement list for iconic masters. Cause there's a lot of stupid things you can do in this format. And I think, I think maybe that's why I do find it interesting. You know, like the master sets in the past, there were these stupid things you can do, but in uh, the most recent set, if you weren't playing Dinrova horror, like you weren't winning. So why are you doing these stupid things? Yeah. It doesn't feel like there's that in this, you know, sometimes your bonus will stick a dumb bomb and, and, you know, and, and, and that sucks. You can't do your thing. But like most of the time, if you can do your defender thing, you can do your mill thing, even if it's bad, you know, it, it's really tough to not be able to to um, to, to be able to play the deck your way and, and actually see kind of the plan come to fruition. I think, you know, one of the other places I think they they have kind of knocked it all out of the park with this set is in some of the past ones. It was so synergy focused that like three picks in, you're like, okay, affinity is what's open. I'm going to take all the affinity cards and no one else wants them. And I do, or you're like, okay, I'm, I'm doing the, the white green tokens thing. So I'm going to take the token and like, so th like the first five picks of a draft were interesting. And then you figured out what was open and you just took the best card for your archetype and it kind of auto drafted from there. And I've not found that to be the case here. Like I've, I've played three red white decks one was a 15 land aggro deck and the other was a like ramp to wrath deck with all steel, all steer commands and anger of the gods. And I had some good rares in it, but like, it seemed like you could do red, white aggro, red, white skies, and even a red, white control deck if you opened the right rares and some mana rocks for it. So I think not having those kind of guidelines or rails actually made for a far more interesting set. Mm hmm. And, um, it's, it's, uh... I mean, from my draft and from the drafts that I've watched. So, I mean, I've only obviously played one, but I have watched a lot. Um, everybody's streaming it 24-7. So I've seen quite a few. It seems like, you know, in Ixalan, we talk about picking up the cards that are good on their own that also might fall into it a tribe. 
Mm-hmm. There's a lot of those in this. You know, there's um, what's the the O four defender in white, the benevolent ancestor. Yeah, right. Most, if not all, white decks want that card. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, so you can take it and not commit. You're, you know, you can commit to white, but you don't have to commit to an archetype. Or you can already be in a white based archetype and you see it in, you know, pick pick two, pack two or something like that. And you're like, well, great. This card is just great. It goes in my deck. It's like all 40 or 23 of your cards, like all of your spells don't have to work together in this format. You can have, you know, five outlast creatures, a couple of plus one, plus one counters and the rest of your cards just value. And that's a pretty impressive counter deck, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think that's what I like about this. Whereas I think in Ixalan, I think it's the other way around. I think, you know, you you pick up a couple of those those good cards and you try to back into the archetype. Um, but here I think it's just, it's wide open and archetype matters, but it doesn't, like there's enough cards that you don't have to have that archetype. It's okay to color outside the lines. You can still have mm-hmm. fun and have an effective deck. Yeah. Or even have like two two coloring books on the go. You know, like, like the, I, I drafted a, actually, I want to go through this. I have, I have the Fluey available if you want to do a draft along with me, but spoiler alert, I draft a, a, a deck with a fireball in it that didn't necessarily seem like it was a fireball deck. And I ended with a couple of, couple Dave. of cards. I mean, every card, every deck is a fireball deck, there you but go. I didn't, ha- I didn't have ramp. I didn't have, like, I wasn't abusing the fireball, for example. Um, and it was obviously still good because it's fireball, but I had a couple of synergies there. I had a couple of other synergies. You know, I had a little bit of Outlast synergy and then, you know, some Flyer synergy and some other synergies that I I won't spoil. But, like, my deck was doing two or three different things um, and I could transform it into a control deck with a little bit of sideboarding and I could make it a little more aggro with some different sideboarding and things like that. So um, it's very interesting so far. One draft draft in for me and watching a bunch of your drafts and, and things like that. So... I'm very interested to draft some more, probably until I lose, like until I go like 0-3, and then I'll probably just hang up, <laughs> hang up the skates and be done with the format. I, you know, as you mentioned, sideboard that had me kind of piqued my interest too. In that, the the power level is so high in the set that nearly all of the cards are playable in some scenario or another. So I've actually had sideboards and been in a, a, a case where it's like, hey, there's actually three cards I can swap in here that are, are going to be significantly better and then see them make a difference, right? So like some of my decks are kind of skipping the first few turns to just play Mana Rocks or something, but I've got like a Rune Servitor in my sideboard or today I brought in an Elusive Spellfest. That wasn't really what my blue deck wanted to do, but it just needed something to block early pikers. And I was like, this card's actually going to matter. And I brought it in and I honestly think I want a game because of it. Um, the, the deck, I ended up killing people with the stupid artifact that turns into a grizzly bear after I just countered all their stuff and killed all their stuff. It was like, I just needed something to, to trade with pikers or eat a removal spell. And it did that. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's neat that, that there's enough depth in all of the colors that, that you can have meaningful sideboard decisions. Like sideboarding is a huge part of this game. Maybe we'll do an episode on sideboarding one day, but you play more matches after sideboarding than you do without sideboarding so it's a super important skill to develop yeah i find it interesting too because in a lot of draft formats that that lands are very important your sideboards are usually pretty thin right you're you're losing you're using a lot of picks on bounce lands or 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 you should lands be. or whatever you should be um and cube especially you know people you'll draft like nine lands and you'll end with no board but in this one you you still draft three or four bounce lands and your your board is still very deep which i think is very interesting maybe it's because you don't want more than four bounce lands so like you're not going all in on the on the fixing and and the the bounce lands but um 
you know, I think it's a it's a it's a testament to how deep the format is. Every card in my in my sideboard last night in, in a specific color could have come in at some point, I think, in, in most of my matches. So I've already played five balance lands twice. Um, I, that's got to be the limit, though, right? You're not I think playing out of, six bounce lands. I, I, only because I'm not going to get six bounce lands. We're, we're going to have to talk about bounce lands. I've, I've got your little draft fluey pu- pulled up here, <laughs> and we're, we're going to have a conversation about bounce lands. Because mm-hmm. I'm noticing in stream, too, that people are like, you should take this when there's a bounce land in the pack. And I'm like, uh, no, it's a bounce land. And it's interesting. When I'm doing the phantom cues, um, I, I could get a deck with three or four bounce lands. When I did the streamer showdown, I think I had one and I think it's the only one I saw because everybody else that opened a bounce land was like, Oh, there's a bounce land. I'll take the bounce land. Mm-hmm. I think is always the case with me and, and lands in general in drafting is that I will, um, think that I can get them later. Yeah. So it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to take this card because, you know, because i think it has higher upside than a than a bounce land for example even even i might be wrong but you know fixing i'm really bad at fixing it's like i'll get my fixing later i'll get my fixing later i'll get my fixing later and then later never comes you know that's my problem i think sometimes that's okay like we've seen fixing lands in ixalan we've seen fixing lands in the rare slot and just about every magic set that you've ever drafted right and like it didn't make or break your deck whether you had them or not but we haven't seen you know, a land that fixes you for two colors and draws you a card. Like, right. That's what's making these unique. So like, I'm not going to first pick, you know, Dragon Skull Summit out of any Ixalan pack. That's just not happening. And like, sometimes I'll even see those like fifth pick and I'm black red and I'm like, nah, I don't need it. And, and you just don't. But if it was a bounce land, heck yeah, I'd take it. But we'll, we'll get into bounce lands again here in a minute because I, I can see where we're going to discuss that. I mean, and you're not wrong. And I knew at the time, you know, that I'm passing this balance land and I'm like, I really should be taking this balance land. Um, but I did not do the adult thing in a few of these cases. So, yeah. And do you want to do a dra- draft I, along here? I do. Although I, I will mention, like, once you get the power of balance lands and you're taking them where you should be, it feels like there's some number of non-picks in the format. And like these balance lands do warp things just a little bit. Because like when I get past one, there's not really a discussion. It's just, that's that's kind of what you should take. Um, I haven't played off color ones yet, but I've certainly in a, a blue blue red deck played a blue black bounce land, for example. Right. Okay. Well, why don't we just hop right into it then? And maybe we can post this on the on the info page here as well, so that's that if idea. people want to want to end up drafting along, we can we can do that. So so this is a phantom iconic masters draft. Uh, no value worried about here. And uh, this is my first one in here. So I think I did make a lot of mistakes. Uh, spoiler alert, I did end up 3-0, but um, I, I don't think that was reflective of the quality of the deck. So I'm just, I'll just try to hit the highlights here. And if I miss any highlights, you let me know if you think that I missed a card in my highlights here. But pick one, pack one is Kakusho, the Evening Star. That's uh, four black black for a 5-5 five, five dragon spirit uh, flying. And when it dies, each opponent loses five life and you gain life equal to the life lost in that way. I think that's an interesting, uh, I put my highlight on that one when I saw that. Um, we've got Bladewing the Risen, which is three, two black and two red. Oof. Three black, black, red, red for a four, four flying zombie dragon. When it enters the battlefield, uh, you get to return a dragon from your graveyard to the battlefield and you can pump uh, your dragons plus one, plus one by spending a black and a red. That's all dragons, by the way, not just yours. I have already uh, had that be relevant. Oh. All dragons. Interesting. That's um, 
it's a flashback or not a flashback but um a a cards don't do that these days a lot of cards don't don't affect all creatures equally um usually it's just yours or just your opponents so Mm -hmm. something to keep in mind with these types of formats um other cards that are interesting here we've got reef soul all these are black based well one in a black for a sorcery destroy target creature with power three or less um and i want to say probably nantuko shaman uh two and a green for a three two with suspend two green green and when it enters the battlefield if you have no untapped lands you get to draw a card um i know that because it's really the only only green card in the pack but other than that everything's pretty weak i think Uh, we can give a slight shout out to skywise teachings i've already had two skywise teaching decks and they were good uh, it's three and a blue for an enchantment. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you may pay one in a blue. If you do, you get a two-two flying gin monk creature token. Um, those trigger off of mana rocks, instant sorceries, I- anything that you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, it's it's kind of a fun build around. But this this pack's a little bit of a no-brainer with the big giant dragon. Um, yeah. There's no balance land. There's no artifact ramp. So you're going to have to take a colored card, and that's just the strongest one here. Phyrexian Rager has impressed me too, much like it always does. And that's in this pack too. But like Kakusho is better and then Reef Soul and then the Rager if we're going to take black cards. It, it's worth noticing, noting that you are passing some good black. Um, and you're not passing really any notable green. Like the Nantuko Shaman's a big deal too. But I, I think I would be with you here and take uh, take Kakusho. Okay. Yeah. So I, I did end up picking Kakusho. Uh, I never played with it. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what, uh, what we end up in here. Uh, pack one, pick two, a rare here. Uh, let me just see what was missing. I think there was an uncommon missing. It looks like can't tell because the art on Fluey uses, uh, different versions of these cards sometimes. So fireman angel, uh, three red, white, white for a flying first strike four three. Uh, if it's, at the beginning of your upkeep, if it's in your graveyard or on the battlefield, you gain a life, and then you can pay a million mana to return it from the graveyard <laughs> to the battlefield yeah, during your upkeep. Never taken that. Never taken that. Um, we have Mindstone. So your two mana mana rock also draws you a card if you sacrifice it. Uh, Simic Growth Chamber. We know what you how much you enjoy bounce lands. Mm-hmm. Uh, we took a black card. I think the only notable black card here is Child of Night, which is a uh, two mana, two one life link. Uh, you've got in white, you've got a Topin Freeblade, which is uh, Magic Origins' most hated white creature. Uh, one in a white for a 2-2 Vigilance with round one. And um, I guess some other notables is Event Sentinel here. Um, Crown Saratok, which is the one to give plus one, plus one creatures trample. Uh, River Wheel Aerialist, which is Mahatmi Jin's, um, I guess, younger brother. So uh, what do you think in this? I think you have to take the Balanced Land... I think the best card after it is the Illusory Ambusher, which you didn't mention, uh-huh. which is kind, yes. kind of busted. Five and a blue for a flash 4-1. When it's dealt damage, draw that many cards. I have drawn an absurd amount of cards off of Illusory Ambushers already. Like This is a really good card in blue because you need to jump in there and ambush stuff, uh, and that's exactly what it does, and then fills your hand up. Uh, but like th- this, this pack has a, a bounce land in it. There's not really much else to discuss from my perspective. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I have people not get it in chat either. And I, I want to run through just how crucial it is to have bounce lands in your deck. Like this one's fine if we're blue or green and then amazing if we're both. Like again, an opening hand that has a land and this is essentially an eight card hand because I'm going to make my first three land drops 
right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a land that says, I'm going to fix you and I'm going to draw you a card. That card's always going to be a land, but I'm going to essentially draw you a card. If you get enough of these, usually two, I'll start thinking about playing 16 lands because I've often got some mana rocks in the deck anyway. And I've gone to as low as 15 lands in a deck because I had, um, I think, four bounce lands in that one. And like, it, it even makes mulligans better, right? Because like, if, if I mulligan uh, a, a no lander and then I get into a hand that has, you know, one land and a bounce land, I've got a seven card hand. So like, I, I, yeah. I, I can't really defend much here other than take, take the bounce land. But if I didn't, I think I'd go with the ambusher. Although I think you could make a case for Mindstone, Freeblade, Vent Sentinel. And that's one of the fun things about the format is like any of those picks are defensible as long as you know you have to take the bounce land as long as as long as you're talking about the second pick so i ended up taking the mindstone um reasoning here is i knew that i probably should have been taking the growth chamber um however you know my line of thinking was well if i don't end up blue green i'm not playing it and i'm 99 to play mindstone in any color which is funny because i ended up cutting it um (laughs) But I also wouldn't have played the the growth chamber as well, which is kind of a bit of a spoiler here, but um, can't be results oriented thinking. I definitely should have taken the growth chamber. I took the mind stone. The, the the big thing I want people to realize too, is like, you don't have to be blue green. You have to be blue or green, blue or green. It's yes. absolutely worth it. If it fix, if it's only one color and not fixing and they do help enable a splash. Um, so I, I'll get off That's my true. soapbox now, but yeah, that should have been a no, 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 chamber. you're, you're not wrong because I also think, well, you know, I can get them later, which is always my problem with lands. Yeah. Pack one, pick three. We've got uh, Emiria Angel, end of story. Yeah, basically it's it's worth noting in this pack that there's also a Seeker of the Way in white. There's a search for tomorrow in green, which is your way to enable like all sorts of multicolor shenanigans in a base green deck. Uh, there's another Phyrexian Rager and there's a Mana Lake. But yeah, you're just taking the Emiria Angel here and kind of wondering what yeah. the other people took. Yeah, I didn't look any further. I imagine one was a bounce land. Maybe even two were bounce lands. There's looks like there's two uncommons missing here. So Yeah, um, could have been bounce lands yeah. for sure. But I slammed the Emiria Angel. I didn't really look at the rest of the pack. So so uh we have Kakusho, Mindstone, Emiria Angel. We're we're well on our way here, right? Or, or if we're drafting correctly, we have Kakusho, Simic Growth Chamber, Emiria <laughs> Angel. Yes. So pack one, pick four. Um Notable cards in here, we have a Star Compass, uh, which is another two-mana mana rock. We have an Infantry Veteran, uh, the 1-1 one, one white human soldier that pumps your attackers. Uh, there's an Evolving Wilds for fixing. There's a Bogbrew Witch. People seem to like to be able to assemble the combo. Bogbrew Witch plus Newts and Cauldrons and the like. <laughs> um... Butcher's Glee is interesting too. I think it's a little early for a Butcher's Glee. There's a Dark Steel Axe. I think it's a little early for a Dark Steel Axe as well. Um, it's an Azorius Charm. An Azorius Charm. Yeah, we can talk mm-hmm. about that too. Yeah, so so those are the, the cards that I'm looking at here. I, I mean, for me, I'm probably going to go with the Star Compass. I like Mana Rocks. Um, this is a nice one. It keeps me open. There's an Angel of Mercy in this pack too, which I, I found that to be an okay finisher in a deck that doesn't quite get there. I, I think I could defend Star Compass, Evolving Wilds, or Infantry Veteran. I, I mm-hmm. don't know that any of the other cards are quite on the power level of those, but like I've, I've had a lot of decks that had three mana rocks and were looking to get to big stuff, and I was typically very happy with them. Mm-hmm. So so I wanted to stick to white be, to, because of the Amiri Angel, um, I think was, was my 
key thinking there and um, wanting to cut light. So I took the infantry veteran over the star compass. I, it was pretty tough between the two. Lean toward the infantry veteran because it pumps bird tokens. And, um, you know, I really want to play that Emiria Angel if people are passing it to me pick three. So um, trying to read and start giving signals here, I think, was my thinking. Um, yeah, but star compass, I mean, it's good, right? We could have had a mindstone and a star compass and a bounce land and been any color, not just white. Yeah, for for me, I would have had the bounce land instead of the mindstone. So that makes the, the compass oh, even right. better. Yeah, yeah. Although, you know what does play nicely with Emiria Angel? What's that? Dark Steel Axe? Bounce Lands. <laughs> Any kind of Bounce Land? Any kind of Bounce Lands. Like, I, I yeah. think if we're going to go with that, just take the Evolving Wilds. There's two bird tokens. But I, I get your point. Infantry Veteran's a strong card, too. Like I said, I think that one's defensible as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, pack one, pick five. We have a Bubbling Cauldron. Note we could have had the combo here. Uh, Draconic <laughs> Roar, which is the one in a red Lightning Bolt with uh, Upside. Uh, Sustainer of the Realm, two, three, four mana Flyer. Uh, gets plus two, plus zero, plus two when it blocks. Um, what else? Kiln Fiend, Wall of Roots. Wall of Roots is interesting. Um, yeah. That feels like maybe it shouldn't be here that late. Um, so I, th- I think to me, the pick was between Draconic Roar and uh, Wall of Roots at this point. Yeah, I think I agree. And I, I think I probably would have hedged towards the Draconic Roar. Um, cheap instant speed removal, kind of a big deal. It's It's not killing everything that you want to kill. Uh, but it, it's it's getting the job done. So I, th- mm-hmm. I think I would go with the Draconic Roar here. I'd, I'd like to criticize you more, but I really can't. Draconic Roar, quite a good card. Now, is Wall of Roots a, a, a sign here? Is it a signal, do you think? Or do you think that um, people are taking the other green cards first and then hoping to get Wall of Roots later because it's common? It's it's starting to interest me. And like I think it's a defensible pick either way. The reason I'm liking the Draconic Roar is we've already got a nice, amazing dragon in Kakusho. So like mm-hmm. I could just ditch white and play that, right? And it it's going to be good in that. I could also pair it with white and still get to play the Emiria Angel. So this kind of plays well with both of those strategies. Whereas Wall of Roots, I mean, kind of goes with Kakusho and that I can ramp to it and kind of goes with the Angel and that I can cheat it out early. But like Emiria Angels is kind of a five drop anyway. I, I don't know. I, I feel like the Draconic Roar pairs a little better with either of those rares. And like, there's a possibility I get to play both of them. So like, I, it's true. I guess you could argue for the sustainer in that case, but I, I'm still kind of not on board. Okay. Um, so pack one, pick six, uh, notable cards, bubbling cauldron There's a dragon Lord servant here. Um, and then I guess a tormenting voice it, are the, the kind of three cards that I'm interested in dragon Lord servant. I don't like, you don't know that you're playing black and it doesn't play with your white cards. Um, I took, bubbling cauldron on the speculation that you know if there's a life gain deck at some point um that you know we would be able to play kakusho bubbling cauldron make some angels or something like that (laughs) Uh, but you're gonna you're gonna slap my wrist here and you're going to tell me to take tormenting voice either that or survival cash like if there's gonna be a life gain deck there's a survival cash here like that's probably better in the life gain deck than bubbling cauldron is unless you're going for the memes um, but in all of the red decks that I've played, I've been very interested in tormenting voice, either to trigger prowess on my dudes, whether it's seekers of the way or kill fiends or whatever, or just to kind of mitigate. Cause like I've played some red decks that honestly were probably like 13 land decks, but I couldn't play 13 lands cause I had to have two in my opener and tormenting voice was a great way to mitigate that as well. 
It also goes with like gutter snipes or just anything that's going to trigger stuff. So like 20 drafts in, I've yet to cast a bubbling cauldron. I had one deck that had three tormenting voices in it. Uh, it three owed and it would have played four if I had them. So like I, go. I, a pretty compelling argument for me for tormenting voice. It's worth noting. We're really not seeing any good blue or green here. No, aside from that wall of roots, right? It's just been straight up duds on those. Yeah. Um, next pack is pretty dull. I end up picking a star compass over not much else. Nothing I mean, really notable here. Only the best combat trick in the format. Coordinated assault. Do you take you take star compass uh, unless you know you're red though, right? Yeah, but if I've just taken draconic roar and tormenting voice, mm-hmm. I if might... I've taken the tormenting voice, then coordinated assault. I think makes more sense. Yeah, and it, yeah. it there's also a tavern swindler here, which is normally not a card I would talk about, uh, as well as a student of Ojitai. So like this is kind of the turning point for this draft, and and like you can take the star compass. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but both of us, by the time we get here, already have a two mana rock and we're not entirely sure how big we're ramping, but like Tavern Swindler plus Kakusho might lead you into white black life gain. Although I think if I'm doing that, I still might prefer the student of Ojitai, uh, three and a white for a two, four, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you gain two life. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I, I think I could defend almost any of those picks. But like the 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 the, the kind of end all be all for it for me is that coordinated assault is an uncommon and like it's really good if you can ever get your opponent to block two of them. So like I'm I'm kind of interested in that, but I I don't think this is where I would take a star compass. I think I might go for the assault. I I think I might be starting to move in on red white. Okay, and that and that's fair. So speaking of red white here, then pack one, pick eight, we've got uh, notable cards, blinding mage or battle rattle shaman. Um, I snapped up the mage quite quickly. Heck yeah, snap it up. Snap it up. Although I think if you're, you know, if you've got a bunch of flyers, which we don't so far, um, battle rattle shaman, I think is interesting too. I have not played that card yet. Yeah, it's, um, it's your anointed deacon, but for anything. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Um, and then we spun Stalwart Aven out of the first pack, which is interesting. Actually, in, in pick one, pack 10, we got the Firemane Angel back. So it's like we ended up probably with that easily backing into white, red and not being terribly sad about it. So I, I, I think I would take the Stalwart Aven over Emerged Unscathed, but it's worth talking about because an Emerged okay. Unscathed is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, like the first time you cast it, you're usually negating one of their removal spells and I found that in a lot of board states, the second time you're casting it, you're giving something unblockable and maybe even triggering prowess. And then out of the pack, you did you take the Fireman Angel? I did. I think I would have taken the Disenchant there. You think? I mean, Disenchant is like, you're not playing multiples of these and they're common. So I feel like if you wanted one, you could probably get it late pack two or pack three, don't you think? Yeah, maybe you take the Fireman Angel for signaling porpoises, but I don't think I, that's going to make my deck. Like you don't six think you're, mana you're for a fourth. But are you playing it with your mana rocks? That's why I took it. I'm like, well, we have two mana rocks. It's like, it's feasible that we can cast this and not be sad about it. And it's feasible that we can activate it in the mid to late game and not be sad about it. Yeah, maybe. I'd, maybe. I've just been real happy having one disenchant somewhere in my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've had a couple lists that have main decked it. Because again, there's... There's mana rocks running around. There's claustrophobia for removal. Uh, there's various enchantments that people are already playing. I, I, I'll argue with you a little bit on that because I don't think I'd end up playing a Fireman Angel no matter what I'm doing. Okay, 
Interesting. Um, of note, I did end up cutting it at the end, um, but mostly because of just curve purposes. So, okay. Okay. Um, so I'm not going to round out the pack here. Interesting. We got a really late wall of roots pick 13, but, um, you know, I think that great, that green ship has sailed here. So, so what I ended up with was they start to a red, white, I would say flyers style deck uh, with a Miri Angel uh, stalwart Aven. We got an infantry veteran. So we're looking at things in the air to get that damage through with the veteran. Um, no, no ground, no real notable creatures on the ground except uh, the infantry veteran. And I did get a, um, the, the goblin shaman there that we were talking about. I did end up getting one of those late. So not too bad, not too bad. A little bit of removal, black card pick one is kind of dead. No bounce land of note. So pack two, pick one. Uh, here's where you're going to slap my hand again. Yep. So we've got uh, Roshin Meanderer, which is a three and a hybrid green red mana for a four, four. Uh, and you can tap to add four colorless mana to your X spell. Uh, there's a heat ray. There's an Orzov Basilica, star compass, blinding mage, infantry veteran, splatter thug, I think are the notable cards. And aside from the bounce land, which you're going to tell me to pick, I'm having difficulty even seeing what the second best card is, I think, here. Okay, that's fair. So, I mean, you don't have to think about it too much because it's pretty obviously the Orzhov Basilica since we know that we're white. Um, it will play nicely with the um, Amiria Angel, which I think is pretty cool, and it's just solid card advantage. If that's not there, I, I think we're we're married enough to white that I might take the Blinding Mage. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think that's slightly better than the infantry veteran. Um, And if I was going to take a a red card, I think I would probably take the meanderer over the heat ray as it's just solid as a four, four. And like, I'll want probably one heat ray in the list. I may see another one. And if I do see another one, the meanderer gets even better, right? I'm not typically abusing the meanderer here, but I think you could defend blinding mage meanderer or heat ray. If the Basilica wasn't in the pack. Okay. I did not take the Basilica because I'm thinking to myself, well, geez, I'll get bounce lands later and then later never comes. Yeah. I did take the infantry veteran over the blinding mage though. Um, Mm. for, um, I didn't, I thought it was close. Do you know what I mean? And I thought that maybe the infantry veterans might be better in multiples, but like blinding mage is just dumb. I should have. I should just take the the blinding mage. I think over the veteran in this position, um, and then Basilica. Obviously, like definitely should have taken that card. Yeah, but you're right. We didn't know that we were red, so I think we're looking at at a white card instead. Yeah, I I would go for that, and I, I would consider consider the next time you draft this prioritizing the bounce lands a little higher. I, I think once you play with them, you'll start to get it and be like, these are really good. I should play them more. Oh no, I get it. I played the, the they were in the last master set. Okay. Right? Like, so I've done that and I'm like, oh yeah, we're totally first picking all of these. Um, I, I, I'm not really sure why in this, maybe because the last set, like the last master set was a multicolor, like not just two color, but three and more color more frequently, um, than this one seems to be so far. Do you know what I mean? Like, like you're quite frequently playing shards and wedges, I think in the, in the previous master set. Um, Mm -hmm. but anyway, carry on. Um, this pack was a bit of a dud. I really struggled with this pick and I ended up taking a card that I'm, not too thrilled about but pack two pick two uh notable cards uh, there's a foul tongue invocation in black uh target opponent sacrifices a creature um palladium mirror the three mana two two gain two or uh, add two mana to your mana pool uh there's a guided strike 
which is a white combat trick. One and a white, and you get plus one, plus zero, and first strike. Excuse me, and draw a card. There's a Vent Sentinel and a student of Ojitai. Uh, foul Tongue for me. I've you, still you got take, a... Yeah, because you, you have the Balanced Land, right? Uh, yeah, I have I have the Balanced Land, so it could potentially be splashed. And like, what white cards do I have that I have to play? Um, A lot of them at this point. I mean, I've got one Blinding Mage... There, you have yeah. at this point. I have a lot of white cards. And yeah. If you if you if you like, you can't really go down the draft entirely with your picks now in pack two because like it would have it's starting going to start to affect it. Right. Like, I'm but s- like that's one of the things of about cards. the playables here. Like if I can figure out what's open, like I'm still mm-hmm. thinking red black dragons might be a possibility. I I guess if we're going to go into um, thinking that I'm in red white at this point. Like maybe maybe the student of Ojitai. This this like is kind of a dud pack. If you don't have non creature spells, like like many of them, do you know what I mean? Like so, I ended up taking Guided Strike, and I didn't I didn't like the pick at all. It was kind of like I really struggled with this pick. Um, but it was like, do I want like a Doom Traveler? Does that play well with Infantry Veteran? It's like no, not really, not really. I don't really want a, a mirror. Like I have two mana rocks already. I'm like Foul Tongue Invocation. Well, like I have no bounce lands to to splash with. Um, and student of Ojitai was kind of like, yeah, but it's like a, a two mana two or a four mana two four. It's kind of like, like, I didn't know what to take here. Um, so I wish I could have taken a mulligan on this one and, and gone back and, and pick something different, but I ended up with guided strike and, and, um, you know, That's seeker not- of the way, seeker of the way is a common, um, you know, infantry veteran makes combat difficult for opponent. You tack on a combat trick on top of that, you know, it makes it impossible for them, but I didn't like the pick at all, but I'm, I'm trying to justify it now. Yeah, I I don't think it's terrible, and I, I don't think there was much you could take in this pack in the position you're in. For reference, when I said Foul Tongue Invocation, I wasn't thinking about splashing. I was thinking about maybe we're just red-black. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't see very many good black cards the other way. It's possible our neighbor just cut the hell out of it. And if we're going to get past a bunch of good black, like, the, the colors are deep enough, I can just play red-black from here. That's a true story. So you're banking on getting some black and it's, it's, you're not really missing too much on the pick here. Either, yeah. Right? Like, like you're giving, you're giving up a combat trick or a two, four, like who cares? Yeah. If there's any playable white card or any white card that I'm excited about or any red card that I'm excited about, let's do it. But otherwise it's like, man, screw it. Maybe we can play the dragon after all. Okay. This is, I'm, this is a really good exercise because I think it just shows that, you know, how divergent card evaluation can be and, and still not entirely wrong. I think, right? Like, like I feel like if, if you look at my picks, maybe bounce lands aside, I still think I have a very playable deck. Yeah. And your your very playable deck with two extra bounce lands, let's say, um, maybe one of them is usable and one of them's not, like, it's still, it, it, you know, it's also very playable, right? And, it, and it's not that much more playable. It doesn't feel like it's that much more playable than, than what I have here so far. So um, it, it's interesting, right? Like, I know that my deck is worse, but I don't feel like it sucks so far so i think I that's about the, that yeah i think that's part of what makes this format so fun is like preference is a part of it like mm-hmm. i don't think your deck is necessarily worse i think you don't value bounce lands high enough i may have mentioned that but like deciding what strategy you want to go in when you've got multiple options is actually a decision you can make here and like i i, I don't think you can steer too wrong right um Okay, so pack two, pick three. Let's kind of speed through these here. We'll get to the get to the next pack here. So the rare is Runescar Demon still here, which is a seven mana, five black black for a six six flyer. When it enters the battlefield, you get to tutor for a card, which is pretty crazy if you're in black. Why, hello there. 
Why, hello. Um, gutter Snipe in red. We all know Gutter Snipe. There's a Marek Nightblade in black, but we don't really have any Outlast or anything like that. There's a, a blue-green Bounce Land, which I think you're not taking at this point, right? Yeah. You know you're not green or blue, so forget that. Mm-hmm. There's an Inoc Bonkin, which is my favorite Bonkin. Uh, there's an Evolving Wilds, and there's another Tormenting Voice. Uh, the Nightblade would play well with the Avon that you took earlier. Like, you can get some counters on stuff in some other places too, but I'm slamming the Runescarred Demon. All right. I've got a little bit of ramp. I've got a bounce land. I, my my sense is tingling that black is indeed going to be open. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm I'm ready to jump ship, uh, abandon the white cards, and we're going to play red black. Okay, and that's fair. I ended up taking Inok Bonkin because I'm like, most of my cards are white. I know that I'm playing white and would be happy with the cards that I have in white. Inok Bonkin plays well with double infantry veteran. Um and, you know, maybe we'll end up getting some other Outlast creatures coming forward here. Um, and we have a Blinding Mage. I'm pretty happy yeah. about this, and I don't know what my other color is. I don't know if I'm red, and I don't know if I'm black. I might be able to splash the Blinding Mage off of the Basilica, mm-hmm. and and maybe I can pick something else up. But, like, one of the other arguments for Tormenting Voice, which I think would go in this red-black deck I'm starting to construct in my mind, is if I've got, I don't know, four cards that are really awesome like Runescard Demon, Kakusho, Tormenting Voice can help me get to them mm-hmm. so I can make sure that I'm able to cast them because I want to play Runescard Demon and go search up Kakusho. That's what I want to do. That would be kind of fun. That would be kind of amazing. So so I'm more in the white weenie side and you're on the black-red uh, ramp to big dragons. Yeah. Okay. So pack two, pick four. Um, there's a Gugari rot-, rot Farm, which you are interested in. Yep. Um, there's a Star Compass, which you are also interested in. Yep. There's an Infantry Veteran, which I am interested in. Yeah. Uh, and there's no real notable black or red cards here. Uh, Rob Feaster Maggot's playable, um, but to, to be fair, it's, there's no real notable cards of anything other than the the Infantry Veteran. Well, no, because repeal in blue, but like because you'll take blue. your Golgari, you'll take the Rot Farm or the Star Compass. You're pretty happy in either of those, right? Like you're not punished by this pack. No, but I, I'm certainly taking the Rot Farm. Yeah, exactly. And I'm taking the infantry veteran because I'm not interested in those colors in the rot farm because I only have the one black card at this point. So, okay. Okay. Um, pack two, pick five, uh, somewhat rewarded in a whole horde of red cards. There's a hoarding dragon, a five mana flying four, four, um, which searches for an artifact. Uh, and when it dies, you get that artifact into your hand. There's a draconic roar. There's a furnace whip, iconic furnace whip, furnace whelp very Help. iconic yes um and then there's a benevolent ancestor which is the the defender that uh taps to prevent damage there's also a pillar of flame but i think draconic roar is better than pillar of flame here yeah and hordling dragons just miles above both of those see that's interesting i took the draconic roar huh yeah because i'm thinking okay maybe i'm red white weenies and i don't have any artifacts i mean i have mindstone um star compass but it's like fetching those is not doesn't seem very good to me um and you know like i have my flyers in other colors i have my angel i have my uh avon bird tokens i have the other angel you know what i mean like so like i I feel like i could shore up some removal which is why i went with the draconic roar you know that's that's odd having two mana rocks really makes me interested in the hordling dragon because it's going to work out one of two ways either i've drawn the rocks and i can cast this on turn four and it's going to be amazing or I've gotten to five mana and I'm not really interested in drawing those cards. So this will fish it out of the deck 
and then give me something to do with the mana later. Um, like all I've got to go with it in this deck that I've constructed is, is the, uh, compass, which is fine. But like, this is in, in, in your deck where you've got a mind stone, this is either a, you know, flyer that you can cast on turn four as a four, four, or it's a five mana four, four fly. It's an air elemental that dies into, you know, three mana draw a card mm-hmm. with a mind stone. So I, I think I would slam the hoard, hoarding dragon here. Interesting. I think if I had other artifacts, I'd be more interesting in it. But I took the roar because I think, you know, from just me in general, um, you know, I, li- I, li- I like removal over creatures in a lot of cases when I don't know. Um, and if I thought it was the weenie plan, then I think Draconic Roar helps me get that that early damage through. Would you take Vanquish the Weak or Air Elemental early in an Ixalan draft? Um, that depends on what color I am. Uh, you've first picked, uh, I don't know. It, it doesn't matter. It, it's pack one, pick one. Air no, 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 but the they're not even the same color though. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, like here, well, no, sorry. Like here, I know what my strategy is, I think. Mm-hmm. So, so that's why I went with the Draconic Roar, I think. Okay. Maybe, I, I, th- I, I don't know. I, I still think the Hoarding Dragon, even if, like I've played it in decks already where I didn't have any artifacts and then I've played it in ones where there was actual good stuff to get. I, I think it's just good. And sometimes people focus too much on the, well, what am I going to get with it? And I'm like, you're going to get in with four points of damage in the air. Okay. Well, here you go, though. Like a, a, a five mana flying four, four in this format seems kind of replaceable. Am I wrong? I mean, it seems to me like a great way to win a game unless you're in blue. It does. But like I can get a six mana flying four, four in colorless. I have a six mana flying four, three first striker already. I have an Amiri angel, which is basically a four, four flyer for four. Do you know what I mean? And so like I didn't have removal at this point, huh. a lot of removal. So I'm like, like, you know how, you know what you say? Like, well, we can get these hill giants anytime. I, why do I take a hill giant here? I'll take card X. Whereas in Ixalan, there aren't many cards like a, a five mana flying four, four, but there are a lot of five mana flying four, fours or better in this format maybe i overvalue with it but I, I still think it interacts so favorably with mana rocks either get ramping yeah. it out or just getting you some value later i can but, i can buy that argument from you i i can definitely buy that argument from you but i i think like if you want a flying a flying four four or or whatever like i think you can just get it anyway so so we, we diverge here which is great because that's why i wanted to have this conversation um pack two pick six it doesn't matter what you're in you're taking fireball out of this pack there's fireball blinding mage end of story yeah, of note, there's not any good black cards for me. No good black cards. Ah, interesting. Pack two, pick seven is a bit of a reward for the white player. Um, there's a Savage Board Hydra, which is the X green red double strike Hydra, which we're not playing. I guess if you had a bounce land, you'd be in- maybe interested in that. Um, mm-hmm. Goes well with ramp. There's an Inok Bonkin. There's an Emerge Unscathed, which you've mentioned before. And no yeah. other notable black or red cards. Yeah, I'm too far gone. I got to take the Savage Born Hydra and try to splash it off my rot farm. Okay, interesting. I ended up with the Inok Bonkin over Emerge Unscathed. Um, this one was interesting. I, f- I felt that the Bonkin would be better in pairs. Um, yeah, you're right. And um, although, like, I think you do want an Emerge Unscathed at some point. Pack two, pick eight. Um, there's a Scion of Ugin, which is what we were just talking about. Your six mana flying four four survival cache kiln fiend, and there's a Child of Night in black. Yeah, I guess I'm taking the child of night and not being super happy. Uh, for your deck, you're probably looking at, I guess, cash, maybe Kiln Fiend? I, no, I took the Cyan of Ugin because, you know, 
Fly, flying four fours are good, right? And um, at this point, I'm assuming that I'm playing the Mind Stone and the other one, and I passed that earlier one, so it's kind of like, well, you know, Kiln Fiend doesn't do much in my deck. Survival Cash doesn't do much in my deck. I don't have any prowess yet. So it's just like, let's take this Ion of Ugin. If we end up playing it, great. If we replace it, that's fine too, right? Okay, fair so, enough. Uh, and then we get rewarded. Pack two, pick nine. We get uh, the Meanderer on the wheel to go with our Fireball. Yep, I would certainly take that here. Of of note, there's also still a Furnace Whelp and a Splatter Thug here. And a Wing Shards. And a Wing Shards. So it's like red-white is it seems to be wide open. I think that in my version of the draft, I think I maybe cut it off quite nicely. Yeah, I get a late furnace whelp, which I pick up as well. So, okay. So let's finish this off. You're going to tell me to take another bounce land. I'm going to tell you that I didn't, and then uh, and then we're going to see where I ended up. So pack three, pick one. <laughs> there's, a, there's a Ryusi, the falling star, fallen star. So now I look like a genius for taking those draconic rowers, uh, which this is a six mana flying five five dragon, and when it dies, it kills a bunch of non flyers. There's a Boros Garrison, the red white one, which is perfect in my deck. Um, furnace whelp, rift bolt, stalwart haven blinding mage can i just take the pack yeah so do you do you take the falling star in your version of the deck or i mean let's assume that we're on the same page so let's just wipe out your your black decisions in my version of the deck here are you taking ryusi or boros garrison i have no bounce lands at this point and this is no bounce lands and this this is maybe your last chance to get one and it's on color dude take the bounce land this is the problem with not taking bounce lands Right? Yeah. That you end up with a pick like this, and it's like, well, I have no bounce lands. I took Ryusi because I thought it would be much better. I've played with Ryusi already. I've killed people with it. I've also had it wipe my own board, um, which didn't feel good because I had some non flyers in the deck. But that, like this, you have a good deck going for Ryusi, and I think it's strong enough that you could almost justify taking it over the bounce land. Mm-hmm. But I really feel like if you do an Iconic Masters draft and don't have two bounce lands, you did something very wrong. Very wrong. I agree. I did take the Ryusi, though. I didn't cast it of note. Okay. Um, pick three, pack two. Or, sorry, pick two, pack three. Uh, we have an Abzan Falconer, which is one of my favorite Falconers. Uh, two and a white for the two, three, outlast one. Everything gets flying. <laughs> Selesnia Sanctuary, uh, the Bounce Land. There is a, another Benevolent Ancestor, of which I don't have any yet. Um, and then not really m- much else of note here. There's a Tom. Oh, there's a, there's a Prodigal... Or a, pyromancer prodigal yeah yeah okay Uh, for some reason i struggled with that um i took the falconer because i have two bonkins and falconer is great and i'm still hoping that maybe i can get a battle priest as well yeah in in your version i would take the falconeer and the red black thing i'm doing there's a thrill kill assassin here as well that's worth like a conversation i really like that card a lot too because it it plays nicely on defense and offense, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I think in the red black deck, I'd take the Tom. Okay. Uh, pack three, pick three. You get a little rewarded. There's a blade wing, the risen, which we talked about early. Um, Heck there's a heat, yeah. There's a heat ray, uh dragon bell monk, a Johnny's pride mate. Um, I took the heat ray because it just goes well in my deck. You took blade wing, the risen, and you're still living, sticking to that dream. Yep. I'm living the dragon dream. All right. I'm trying to go through here to see if there's any other interesting picks. Um, pack three. I pick think the four. next one's actually interesting. Yeah. Uh, because you've got a seeker of the way versus a heat ray versus heat ray. Number two. Um, other than that, I don't think there's much here. So in my version of the, in your version of the deck, you take heat ray, obviously, but in my version of the yep. deck, um, I took seeker of the way because I think seeker of the way is very good. Um, and I'm assuming that I'm still playing mind stones, 
you know, um, I have like a combat trick. I have draconic roars. I have things like that. Um, plays very well with infantry veteran when you get to trigger it. So um, I ended up taking Seeker of the way. Yeah, I agree with what you've drafted so far. You'd take the Seeker of the way. I'd take the Heat Ray for my deck. Yeah. Um, and then I get uh, rewarded later on with another Stalwart Aven. Um, there's a Kiki Jiki I have to pass. I could have had a fifth infantry veteran, believe it or not. By the end of the draft, I ended up with four. <laughs> and I get rewarded with a late blinding mage that came around on the wheel. So in the grand scheme of things, I ended up with four infantry veterans, two blinding mages, two draconic roars, two Inuk Bonkins, a falconer, the Amiria Angel, um, Ryusi, um, Heat Ray Fireball. And I did not end up playing the six mana angel. And I did not play my ramp stones um, because I was more tilted toward the... Uh, the low end of the scale and with no bounce lands, mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure I played 17 for the X spells um, and the mind stones. I didn't, couldn't really figure out what to cut for the, for the mana rocks. So I felt like playing more creatures and, and, you know, removal spells was probably better than ramping to my lone six drop. Yeah, I think it's interesting that like that deck worked and I feel like you could have gone red, black dragons as well. And had that also be viable. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of different paths you could have gone except blue and green, I think, in this. so Yeah, they were pretty much cut. So I would like to share this. If people want to look at that, you can. We spent a lot of time talking about it. But, um, you know, you may have gone a completely different direction, and that's okay in this format. Thanks for sharing that with me. Yeah, that was fun. We should do this again. I agree. Maybe I'll keep track of some more if you have any interesting ones. Or if any of our listeners out there have any interesting ones, send them our way. We'll take a look at them. Yeah, we can draft along. We can draft along. I love the draft along. Maybe we won't do all three packs. Maybe we'll just do the first eight picks. But I think this one was interesting enough because I think there were interesting decision points in all of the packs. So so that's going to wrap it up for Iconic Masters for today. Um, you wanted to talk uh, touch base on, though, you've been doing some uh, some other drafts lately, and you wanted to kind of maybe clue our listeners in to a potential source of value on Magic Online that a lot of people miss. Yeah, I've I've been doing Hour of Devastation drafts, usually one a day. Like yesterday, I actually cycled through all three of the formats that are available and did Iconic Masters Ixalan Hour. But one thing that not a lot of people recognize is that whatever the previous draft format was, so last year's draft set, is still usually available on Magic Online. The cards in that set are usually still redeemable. They're certainly still in standard, and many of them are in high demand. So oftentimes, if you don't care what you're drafting, you just want to draft, the best value for you is to go back and draft last year's set. So like the the EV calculator kind of points at Hour of Devastation and uh, Ixalan being close in value. And that's true. But like the most expensive card you can open in Ixalan is Raska at 17 bucks at Mythic, whereas you can open a Scarab God at $35 at Mythic. And not to mention the, the formats are still fun. So like uh, some of you will remember Ray from the episode Ray of Command of Men From Moto or from just being in my chat and talking. He's always coming in and talking about last year's draft format. He's a, a well-known you know Moto grinder. So like when we were first starting to play Hour of Devastation, he was still posting Aether Revolt decks. People are like, why are you doing that? He's like, because I can open Fatal Push. So like you can go back and draft these old sets. For me, I decided to start drafting them because I had so many hour packs left over. I was like, I've got to do something with these. And then I've had kind of a cat- catastrophe and that I've kept winning. So I have even more of them left over. 
And it's like, I could sell them. The the hour packs are still worth about three bucks, which is unusual. They're usually not worth that much, but the M and cat packs are only worth a, a dollar. So it's like, you, you can actually buy a draft set of this from bots and be drafting the set for nine bucks instead of 12 and then have a shot at opening a $35 card. You do have to wait about five minutes for a queue to fire. They're not popping instantly like leagues and there is going to be some downtime. But like I said, if, if you just want to draft, it's still a very fun format and it, it kind of feels like it's already a flashback to me. So I, I've been having a blast drafting Hour of Devastation. I'm also in other news getting ready to run a D&D campaign with some friends that will be taking place on M and Cat. So I'm like, it's it's even delicious flavor for me. Um, but I, I just like to encourage people to to consider going back and visiting last year's draft set, especially if you have packs sitting there in your collection. Because if, if you don't do it now, th- those packs are going to d- just get to the point where they're worth almost nothing. Like, I, I think it's uh, Michael had mentioned that he still has some Theros packs left in his collection. Like, eventually they'll flash it back and he can use those. But if you'd like to sell them, they're worth a ticket. And they were worth like three and a half tickets at one point. So you kind of got to use them or lose them. And, and like, I've just had such a blast drafting hour. We even had like some viewers jump in and, and fill the queues out and play too. But even if you're solo, just jump in there, play a queue, man. You can open. I've already opened two Scarab Gods. So much value. Yeah. So like that, that was my hour of value. Um, while burning through packs that I just wanted to get rid of, I managed to rake in 60 tickets in Mythics. It was great. I mean, your mileage will vary, but it is yeah. it is good EV. Um, and if you know if you if you're good at the format anyway, right? You can two one frequently. What do they pay out? Are they just like the six two two twos in those queues? They're the yes. intermediate quality. So like you know you can two one and and tread water for for quite a while. So if you're reasonable at the format, um, you know you you can ex- expect your losses to be minimal. And then sometimes you open a foil mythic and it's not even just the scare God, God. I imagine that the foil mythics for a lot of these still redeemable sets, the foil mythics are the money cards, even if they're useless cards in general, because people want to be able to redeem a full foil set and you need one of every card. So foil mythics are usually always a win, Um, but make sure you're checking the, the, the cost before you, before you take them. So. Yeah, if, you, if you're going to do this, pull up a Magic Chat channel that has MTG bot on it so you can, you know, exclamation point E price or just pull up MTGO traders or something and look up the cost of the card so you can make sure you're not passing money. But like that's that's a big reason to do it is there's money you can open and then you can enjoy a format. Like I, I think our was definitively better than Ixalan. I don't think that makes Ixalan bad. But like it, it's a huge difference to go back and play that format to me. Mm-hmm. And it, as long as it's there, I'm going to be playing at least one a week. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Go out there, open your Scarab gods, gods, win those games because you have a Scarab God, and then open some more. Yeah, get more packs, open more Scarab gods. It's great. All right. And in the meantime, I'm going to be drafting Phantom Iconic Masters. Um, oh, no, sorry. I'm, I'm retired undefeated. I'm hanging them up. We're done. <laughs> well, come by the stream. I'll still draft some more. All right, perfect. I'll tell you not to draft the bounce lands because you can get them later. Yeah, yeah, they always will. All right. So homework this week is uh if you have a Fluey, uh a um sorry, a draft to share on Fluey, that's magic.fluey.org, F L O O I'm looking it up right now. F L O O E Y. Um Post it, share it with us on Twitter. Um, you know, we'll give it a retweet. People can look at it. And if you're looking for comments on particular cards or particular picks, I'm sure you will get a lot of opinions, for lack of a better term. 
<laughs> yes. But uh, once again, thanks for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode this week. Thanks again to face-to-face and manadeprived.com for all the support and the host. And uh, if they want to catch you on the interwebs while you are streaming, where can they find you, Mr. Sowers? You can find me at twitch.tv slash simulin, S-E-M-U-L-I-N, and you can find me on Twitter under the same name. Do you know what? I think you should change your Twitter handle or your uh, your Twitch handle to, whisk- oh. to Whiskey Sowers. Whiskey Sours. Yeah, because your last Why's name that? is Sours. Oh. And you can drink well, how whiskey about on di- stream. How about Dino Sours? Uh, those candies were amazing. Weren't they? They were. And you can find me on Twitch and the Twitter at uh, DCivilian. That's D-S-A-V-I-L-L-I-A-N. Despite my life and my house being in turmoil, I will be streaming. So come and catch me. You can catch your undefeated, only undefeated podcaster <laughs> on this podcast. All right. Thanks again, and we will catch you next week. See ya.